Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. Well, have you ever heard anyone say, my ultimate dream is to be average? Well, I haven't. And I don't think my guest, Cheryl Martin, has either. Author of Distinctly You, Trading Comparison and Competition for Freedom and Fulfillment. It's Cheryl's second book, and she's an inspirational speaker and host of the weekly radio program, Excellent Living. She was a popular news anchor and moderator of Lead Story at the National Cable Network Black Entertainment TV, BET, which I know many of you have heard of. And Cheryl is also the author of Distinctly You, Trading Comparison and Competition for Freedom and Fulfillment. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Hearing you from where, Washington, D.C.? The Washington, D.C. area. Thanks so much, Melinda, for having me. This is great. And I'm so happy. You know, I'm looking at this. I haven't heard distinctly or distinct in a long time. And so I was really captured by the title of your book. In that, though, Cheryl, why write this book? What is it about your story where you had to identify this word being distinctly you? Did you struggle with that? Was What's the journey for you in your story on, on this? All of my life, I have desired to be distinct. And I would say most people, especially women, there is something in us And I believe that God put it there, that we all want to be distinct. No one wants to be average. But it's also a journey because along the way, we are experiencing all these impediments that prevent us from being distinctly the person that God created us to be. If you look at all the species of animals, you have all these different animals, and they're all different, and they're all thriving. And I find that humans tend to be the ones who are struggling with our own distinctiveness. Hmm. Now, did you struggle with that when you were growing up? I definitely did. And when I look at my life, while I was an achiever on one hand, I was constantly striving and working at being distinct. And it started with, I think, very, very young I grew up in a wonderful, godly family, and I have six older brothers. I have seven brothers total. And I didn't realize until I started looking at my story that this this search for being distinctive and finding the need not to compare myself with others started early on when I was born because my sixth brother looked so totally different than Mm. I did. And so I began to notice the distinction there, and I didn't necessarily see it as a good distinction. Mm. So that was just one area that started early on in my life of saying, wow, I'm different, and I'm not sure if this difference is a good thing. Hmm. And so that really uh, started this whole journey. Also, when I looked at certain things about myself that I didn't like, for example, like my height, I'm 5'8", and I almost uh, shot up to that height. 
by sixth grade. So here wow. I am, probably the ta- the tallest, not probably, I was the tallest girl in my class. So here is another distinction that I was struggling with because, wow, you know, I'm really tall, or at least I thought so then. So and, it, it, and Cheryl, it's it's funny because I chuckle because I'm on the other spectrum where I'm four ten and a half, oh, and I say okay. the half, and I struggled <laughs> with being the shortest in the class, and that was such a struggle for me because I have always been that and always had to have this big personality and wear my high heel stilettos <laughs> so that I will be at least five foot. <laughs> like when platforms came out, I was the first one in high school to get them <laughs> because wow. platform boots. So I, I absolutely understand where you're at. So you've got a difference in, in how you you looked or you believed in family and then within classmates and others, you felt different. And has that always been something that you you sort of felt or projected that you were different but not in the good way? Well, I think a lot of these struggles, especially with women, the dialogue can be going on internally, which is why I thought it was important to write this book, because on one hand, I was an achiever in high school and college, but then I had this dialogue going on internally, and I think it's very easy to mask these struggles. Mm -hmm. And what a relationship with God does, he wants us to thrive in our own uniqueness and be distinctly the persons that he has called us to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. Well, let's, I, I thought it was fascinating within your book, you had part one, which is distinctly you blockers, and then part two is distinctly you builders. And I want to start talking a little bit about the blockers, because as I look through the 12 of them that are in your book, I was like, yep, 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 yes, yep, you know, like I was going through sort of like the list. But let's go with um, a few of them, because I think that's really important for our listeners, because they would identify with them. And then let's bring them some hope, um, some action points in your part two about the builders so that we can change our thinking and mind about how we see ourselves and then how God sees ourselves. So first of all, uh, one of the blockers you mentioned is letting others define you. And I would say that a lot of women do that. Definitely. And the story that I share, and this was one of my most devastating experiences that happened in high school. I'd been an achiever. I transferred to what was considered the best high school in Houston, Texas at the time, and I did very well until I had this experience in my senior year, and I was in advanced placement um, English, and I'd only made A's and one B in English, and then I'm in this class, and my teacher tells me, in essence, that I'm going to get a C, and I couldn't believe it. And then she tells me that I can't write. And I was absolutely devastated. I rehearsed her words over and over and over again. And it didn't matter uh, my achievement in the past. I just heard this adult telling me that I was a failure. Mm -hmm. And so my self-esteem hit rock bottom. I allowed her words to pierce my heart And she began to define me, and I found myself losing all confidence. And this really can really point to the power 
of words because Proverbs 18.21 says the power of life and death is in the tongue. Mm-hmm. And so this teacher spoke death into my life, and I allowed her to define me. And here I was looking forward and praying to the Lord about which college I should attend, and I had an interest in a career in broadcast journalism, and I was reluctant to apply to my first college choice simply because of her death words. Wow. And I'm telling you, Melinda, I live with this. I grappled with her words for years. Mm-hmm. You know, when we speak death into someone's life, it can so affect them and their view of themselves. Because again, when you are a, uh, when you are a child, you believe what adults tell you. And mm-hmm. so it didn't matter what other people had said in my accomplishments before. Her words riveted me. I would say, yeah, yeah, sure. I would say a lot. If I actually, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about what people have said over my life and Mm -hmm. how I have then changed decisions and ways of living because of that and not in healthy ways. Like even little like, and and it's a challenge back to me that I want to be very careful what I say, that I can't be flippant and I can't just say things as with the power of words, the impact that can have on people. That's a that's a really good a good one to to note as a blocker letting others define you. Because because what happens is when when we let other people define us then it prevents us from thriving in our own uniqueness. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened there for a while I was immobilized and what I love about um my story is when we have committed our lives to Christ He walks alongside of us to help us stay on the path that he's ordained for us in spite of blockers. And so what happened is, while there is one adult who was speaking death in my life, he used another adult, my first mentor, a radio station manager, to speak life into my heart. Mm. I never told him what this teacher had said, but he saw potential in me my first job in broadcasting where I was working at a a Christian radio station and he brought me in and taught me how to use the board and he was the one who kept pushing me to apply to the college that I wanted to, Hmm. one of the best in the United States for journalism. And so while one person was pulling me back, he used another person to say, Cheryl, this is where you need to go to school. That's awesome. I love those kinds of people. I have some of those people, too, who just speak life, encouragement, even when you can't see it and others can't. All my life, Cheryl, I've had people who identified the gifting and potential and -hmm. gave me a chance. And I I always say in my own life, you know, yes, full of grace of God, but the, the community of people and believers who saw the potential in me is why I am where I am today. And I could name like five of them, different, you know, whether it was a CEO or a mentor or a radio personality or a media person who said, you know what, you've got some raw talent and needs to be refined and helped along and I will do that. And that's why I think for me too, uh, you know, as I go about my work in life, that's why I like to identify young people as well and speak life into them. Because I hear so many bad messages all over the place, right? I mean, more people say to me, I hear bad things, more bad things about me and what I don't do and what I can't do than good things. And it always surprises me that when I do say something positive or encouraging, people are surprised. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, and they don't know how to handle it or receive it. So that, you know, that's we, good. We all need encouragement. I've never heard a person say, stop encouraging me. You encouraged <laughs> right. me yesterday. We thrive on that. We need yes. it. I don't care how successful we are. It's mm-hmm. like water. We need that. Yeah, that's good. Number three, before we go to commercial break, in Distinctly You Blockers, you have those three C's, comparing, yes. competing, competing, and coveting. And yes. yes. Let's talk about those because I think a, a lot of people are like, yeah, those definitely are my blockers that I have. Well, those are big blockers, and I would say definitely, Melinda, especially even in the social media era, the culture with Facebook, with Twitter, with Instagram, it is so easy to compare ourselves with others, compete and covet, and then get depressed. I say the three C's (laughs) can lead to the three D's Hmm. of depression, discouragement, and discontentment. Mm -hmm. Looking at someone else's life, because what happens is, you you know, we can easily be voyeurs, We look at someone else's life, we look at their Facebook page, and of course they're only posting all these wonderful things that are going on in their lives. I read this blurb in the paper a couple of weeks ago where this woman said, I'm struggling with Facebook envy with a cousin because her life seems so wonderful. She has the children I didn't have. She has a great job. I'm living in a small apartment. And so we're, we're constantly, and again, this can be an internal struggle that no one knows but us hmm. that we're dealing with. And consequently, we can't be happy for this other person. And this is a blocker because even Apostle Paul said to compare yourself with another person is not wise. Why? Because God has a unique path for each one of us. And if I'm looking at your path, if I'm on the freeway and I get off and I'm following you, if I get off at your exit, I'm going to miss my exit because where you're getting off is not the exit that God has ordained Mm -hmm. for me. So when we waste all this time comparing our lives, comparing our gifts, and inwardly competing and coveting, it blocks us mm-hmm. from fully developing into the person that God wants us to be. So, Cheryl, how would you say we navigate that? Because I think that is is a key one, especially with social media. I've heard people on one side say, Melinda, I look at your life, and wow, look at all these amazing things. And yet I have looked at others and went, wow, wow, look at where they're going and their travel and what they have. And it is a constant internal battle of how to not be envious, how to not compare. And I think for women, we do so much comparison. It's exhausting. We're always comparing magazines, what's online, our girlfriends, what what culture deems beautiful. And it really is exhausting trying to manage or think that we can manage all of this. You know what? There is a verse in Galatians that I love. Uh, in Galatians, when he says, Pay attention to your own work. And so what I think that we have to do, I can applaud, and this this is what God said to me once. Um, I have had the privilege of being a news anchor, and I would look at other anchors and to see how they dress and look at their delivery. And this is what God said to me. 
Cheryl, it's okay to admire them, and you can pick up things to be better, but don't diminish what I've given you. And my assignment for you is to pull out of you everything that I've given you, because I want you to be distinct. I don't want you to mimic Hmm. her style. You know, haven't you seen singers who sing the exact same song, but they sing it differently? Mm because they put their own expression in it. And so it's, it's really about looking at what has God given me? And this is why the more time we spend in the Word of God, letting Him fashion us and reveal to us not only our distinctives, but also what has He called us to do? And one of the examples that I give in the book about this is John the Baptist, because here he was, he was called just like Jesus was, but his calling was different. His path was different. And I think that when we, you know, he was not called to be the Messiah, he was called to be the forerunner. Mm -hmm. So he was never trying to operate in Jesus's lane. That's why comparison is odious, because maybe God has called you, Melinda, you can effectively juggle 10 balls. Mm -hmm. But when I recognize that God has given me two gifts, and he's given you 10, your distinctiveness and your greatness takes nothing from the distinct path that God has called for me. So if I'm going to expend all this energy trying to juggle 10 balls like you, I'm going to, my balls are going to, they're, they're going to fall. I'm not going to be able to juggle them. Mm-hmm. Why? Because God did not equip me with the gifts and talents that he's given you. Yet, what he's saying is, Cheryl, my goal for you is to maximize the two gifts that I've given you. Mm-hmm. And when you stand before me, I'm not going to judge you with all the giftedness that Melinda has. Because what, a, what John said is a person only has what he's received. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Cheryl, you know, you have so much wisdom. I love it. Cheryl and I were speaking in the first half of the show about blockers that keep us from being distinct. Now, Cheryl, we're going to talk about builders, which I love. It's hopeful. uh, It's inspiring, empowering. Uh, Let's go with two of um, a number of the ones that you have. You have a builder is having a big view of God. Talk to me about that. Yes, it's so important for us not to place limitations on God. The same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob longs to guide our lives and to allow the plans that he had for us before the foundation of the world for them to come to fruition. And a person in my mind who who had a big view of God was Mary. You know, here she was an ordinary girl, and I think a lot of us, we, we look at people on the Internet, and we, and, and we look at famous people, and we're like, wow, they have such great lives. But this God created all of us. And even when he went to Jeremiah and said, these are the great plans I had for you, but here is this great God who sees all of us. 
he saw this peasant girl, Mary, who, and he said, I have great plans for you. She never dreamed of being the mother mm-hmm. of the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And so this same God says, if you focus on how big I am, not where you live, not your race, not your social economic status. I grew up in the inner city of Houston. Neither of my parents went to college, but they taught me that I had a big God Hmm. and I could dream big dreams. And it's this big view of God that has allowed me to see God do miraculous things in my career that right out of college, I was hired by NBC News. I never dreamt of that. (laughs) But it was my big view of God that played a big factor. And Cheryl, that that would tie into just another point about let God define you. I think one of the the blockers is that, you know, I define myself and this is how I see myself. And so I can't could never become or do. And yet you say in the big view of God that let God define you. How do we do that? How do we let God define us? Mm-hmm. First of all, getting to know more about God. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of it has to do with us discarding our dreams of how we want our life to go. I disagree with a lot of the uh, encouragement we get today, where we spend all this time focusing on what we want, the kind of life we want. God's plans are typically much more massive than that. So the more time we spend getting to know the God of the universe and saying, God, you define me. What are you saying about me? Getting into his word when he says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I have plans for you, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Looking at the skill set that Mm -hmm. he has given us. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of it. And then recognizing, and and again, go back to looking at the universe and the species. Look at at fish flourishing in water. Looking at ants, okay? Mm -hmm. An ant is not trying to be a lion. Mm -hmm. But they build these massive colonies because they recognize God made me, and I'm going to get busy operating in the realm that he has placed me. That's good. Yeah, that's good. In that operating the realm he's placed me in the today, you have a builder of live in the now. Because I yeah. think that's a good one because you know what? Uh, and and it's a good lesson for me cuz I'm always thinking about tomorrow. What am I going to do? And you what am I going to be? Where am I going to go? And never lot, living in the now. A lot of us do that, and I've been guilty of this. You know, I've accomplished one thing. I'm thinking about the next <laughs> Yes, thing. yes. You're in college, and you're looking forward to graduate school. And what happens when we do that, we miss the lessons that God wants to teach us. Melinda, I've now come to realize that the will of God takes place, God seldom gives us previews to coming attractions. It's when I'm fully engaged in what I'm doing that many times that next opportunity comes just as a result of me being in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important to seek Him on a daily basis. It's, it really can happen in just the ordinariness of life. But if I'm so busy trying to get to the next thing, I'm going to miss it. It can be 
uh, meeting a person who's going to really open that next door. Like, like here's a perfect example. My mother and I were in the kitchen when I was a junior in, in high school listening to the Christian radio station when she said, you know what, why don't you call them to see if, if they have an opportunity hmm. for you for a part-time job or an internship? I call the station... The person on the other line, I said, my name is Cheryl Martin. I'm interested in a career in broadcasting. wondered if you had any opportunities. The man on the other end of the line said, no, not unless we think you're talented. I paused. He said, are you coming in? I was speaking to the general manager of the station. <laughs> this was a God-divine appointment, something very ordinary, but God had led me to call. He became my first mentor, hmm. just living in the moment. Yeah. It's not going to always be some big thing that we plan, but if we are connected with the God who has already scheduled every day of our lives before one of them came to be, we will be at the right place at the right time, and we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to fret. Because, again, we have a big view of God. Mm -hmm. God, more than anyone else, is committed to keeping us on that distinct path to get us where He wants us to go. So it's all about being in relationship with Him that we're saying every day, God, I relinquish my script, and I want Your will to be done in my life more than anything. That's what it means to be a woman of distinction. Beautiful. Cheryl Martin, thank you so much. I learned a lot from you about the blockers that, yes, I'm guilty of wallowing in, but also I was so encouraged about your builders. And for more information about Cheryl or how to get her book or how to be encouraged in being distinct, you can reach Cheryl at CherylMartin.org. You can buy her book on Amazon.com and you can follow her excellent living on Twitter. Thanks again, Cheryl, so much. Really appreciate your thoughts. And I am encouraged now to be distinct. Thank you, Melinda, so much for giving me this opportunity. All right. And hopefully we will see you in Toronto one of these days. I'd love to have you here in studio uh, with me in your next book or in, in whatever else you do. We'll definitely have to have you come up. Thank you so much. You're right. so gracious. Thank you. In my next chapter, after listening to Cheryl Martin, I've got a lot of thoughts about that because one thing that really struck me was that whole idea of comparing and comparison on social media. Listen, I am guilty of that. I have posted only good things about my life and people say, oh, your life is so amazing and things are great. And meanwhile, uh, weeks or days have been horrible. And there is that part where you always want to front and present the best of yourself. And I think that's natural. However, what's really important, and even for me, is to really be honest about ourselves, letting God define me. So when I look at something, a magazine where it doesn't represent a Filipino woman like me, I'm okay with that. It doesn't grind me. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't bring me down or get me depressed. But if I'm always looking, what Cheryl said, who God is, how God sees me, God's plan for me, not sitting in the limitations, but the possibilities and opportunities, surrounding yourself with good mentors and people that will help bring you up and affirm to you your value and what you add and bring to the world, then you're going to be okay. And I think that's what makes you distinct. 
Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of faithstrongtoday.com. Listen to past episodes by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and join the conversation with Faith Strong Today on Facebook.